Welcome to Beauty 4.0, a podcast by Cosmetics Design Europe, brainstorming opportunities in tech and cutting-edge innovation for an industry that can thrive. In this episode, we speak with Joe Bernard, founder and creative director of industrial design agency Marama, about the rising interest and opportunities in the beauty tool space today. Get ready for a closer look at what tools are already on the market, how formulations and designs can be combined, why heating and cooling might be the next big thing, and why pricing and aesthetics need to be balanced. So thanks so much for joining us, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I think uh, it'll be interesting to kickstart this conversation, really taking a look back at last year and the undoubtable impact that COVID-19 has had on the beauty industry. I'm wondering from your side of things, whether you've really seen any key changes or trends arise. Yeah, I think the last year has definitely had a massive impact. I think I was reading in the grocer the other day that the cosmetics market saw uh, something like a £180 million loss during the pandemic. And obviously brands have really suffered because people just aren't going out to the shops uh, and aren't going out at all. So kind of perhaps makeup and and beauty and and those things are taking a back seat. But there has, on the other flip side, there has been an increase in the interest in like at-home care and particularly around kind of spa tools and and products like serums and specialist kind of products such as those that have seen an increase in sales and we've definitely seen an increase in people interested in in looking into that space from a design perspective and and seeing what the opportunities are. What do you think's driving that interest in you've mentioned their beauty tools for example I mean why are consumers engaging more with this part of the beauty category? I think obviously when you're stuck at home you can't access those those spa treatments or those beauty treatments that you perhaps had those opportunities to to perhaps treat yourself make yourself feel better so you're looking for opportunities to do that at home there's also this kind of awareness I guess of of money saving Um, the pandemic's hit a lot of people quite hard so they're maybe looking for ways that they can do a sort of DIY approach to care and beauty and and obviously it's convenient to to be able to do that at home and have it like right there to hand whether that that will stay is hard to say. Obviously, as people come out of lockdown, are they going to be desperate to get back into um, spas and have those treatments done for them? It's hard to say. But I think people are definitely looking to bring uh, wellness and and that self kind of self care into their routine as they will have done over the last year. And from a, an industry and product portfolio standpoint, I mean, there's a plethora of creams and serums full of active ingredients available on the market across skin and hair care, and body care, every segment. But the beauty tool segment is arguably much smaller and some might even say niche in many ways. What are your thoughts on the innovation in the beauty tool space today? I think that there's there seems to be like kind of two ends of the spectrum. So uh, there was a, a product called by Opte that's like a 3D printing product that basically can map your skin and like 3D print concealer onto your skin directly. And and it's what it does is is, is kind of magic, but it's so incredibly expensive that it becomes inaccessible to a lot of people. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got what I would still consider to be t- like tools, which are 
even something as simple as like the tangle teaser you know it's there's a level of innovation there um and it's absolutely like blown every other hairbrush out of the water and yet and it's such a simple tool that it's can be easily adopted by lots of people so there, but there doesn't seem to be a huge amount in the middle and I think there's obviously a challenge in that during the past year we've spoken a lot to to skincare kind of experts and and they all say that the best thing for your skin are the serums are the creams a tool is never going to be able to replace that and do the same thing however the combination of the two is I think where the real interest lies and where the real innovation potential lies and not, no one's really kind of adopted that yet but I think obviously as you say the market's very saturated for these um, serums with these creams and everyone's trying to bring out something new with this new acid or this new natural material um, ingredient and 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 I think perhaps the way that people can start to differentiate is through the use of, of industrial design of, of products that can help make those products work better for, for the customer. Okay, so that sort of middle ground in, I suppose you're referencing price terms there when you're talking about middle ground, but then also that aim to combine a tool and a product. Do you think that that's sort of the the key potential area here for beauty tools? Yeah, definitely. I think so. And the way that, as I say, that kind of there's these these two examples that I gave. The the thing about both of them is that they they target sort of everyday people, but there's not they're not too niche. And I think a lot of I guess what I would class as like gadgets are kind of tailored to quite specific things. And obviously to be successful, it has to really meet the needs of like a wide range of people. And I think that's where something that perhaps enhances um, or works alongside a serum or a cream. Uh, really making that cream or that serum like do its best job if you like yeah uh, can really offer something more to, to more people really I think you had uh, I think it was Mike Webster on a few podcasts ago and he mentioned something that, that we've come across a, a lot in the last the last year which is that it's really as much about the way that you apply a, a serum or a cream or any of these types of products to your skin uh, as what's in them in, in the product itself if you, for example, apply like a salicylic acid to your skin after washing your face with cold water, then your pores are closed. You're not going to be able to absorb any of that of that product, and therefore it's not really going to do its job. You're, you're kind of just wasting it. And so the preparation and the way that you apply these these products, these beauty products, are as important, if not more important, than than actually the product itself. And so having a, a potential that opens a potential avenue for the the use of the tool alongside um, that the product to enhance the, the, what that product can do. Yeah, and that ties in really nicely with this whole conversation around precision beauty, doesn't it? Um, which gets really exciting when you look in the colour cosmetics market, you know, precision application. But those examples you're giving there, yeah, the efficacy, improving efficacy of even a skincare or face care product could be done and enhanced by a tool. Exactly. Yeah. Now, what's fascinating is, you know, from the design side, you and your team have been able to work on what you have called a vision of the beauty tool future. I'm hoping you can take us and our listeners through what you've designed and why you've created the tools that you have and what level of promise you think these concepts actually have. Yeah, absolutely. Last year had a devastating effect on the beauty industry. And and as a not as a result of that necessarily because we work a lot with startups who haven't started yet and therefore they haven't hadn't been affected by the pandemic but there was opportunities open uh, as a result 
of that for these kind of beauty products, beauty tools. And we had a few briefs that were around the space. And whilst one of them is actually going to come out later this year, uh, another one didn't, we didn't actually get very far with the project apart from all the research that we'd done. And off the back of that, we thought, okay, let's not waste this research. Let's, let's put this into three potential beauty tool concepts. Okay. The first of which is a, 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 a quite a future future gazing product called patch which the idea is that there is um there's like patches that you can put onto your face these are connected up to a kind of a battery pack uh, that you that you wear around your neck and they can cool or heat your skin depending on the settings so the idea of the cooling mechanics is is that it will soothe any irritated skin or reduce puffiness or if you had it on the heating um setting then it would heat up the skin encouraging like better blood uh, circulation and if that was paired with perhaps like a vitamin enriched serum um, it would it would allow better absorption of the nutrients yeah uh, the the second concept was called mask and this it's basically just a mask you can wear on your face that heats up the skin to the perfect temperature to then absorb something such as a salicylic acid and the design came very much from the fact that you know we've all been wearing masks um, because of the pandemic and they are anything but good for your skin you know they're they're sweaty and you get all kind of irritating and after wearing that all day being able to come back home and put this alternative mask on your face that that allows you to sort of treat your skin uh, especially on those areas around the nose the mouth the chin then it's kind of the the anti-mask mask if you like and the third concept was slightly less futuristic, um, something that is very similar to products that are actually on the market already. But it was just it was just a real look at from a design, a kind of industrial design perspective, how we could produce more more beautiful looking tools that would live in our bathroom. And it's um, it's called the masseur, and essentially it's just a rollable massaging device that glides over your face and, and helps to relieve muscle tension and, and aid lymphatic drainage in your face and encouraging that kind of focus on your on your own well-being so that pause in the day where you're just you you just relax you know stress is so bad for our skin that so it was kind of promoting that sort of routine of just self-care I guess yeah so it's like comes at it less from a tech perspective and more from a from an experiential perspective fantastic and, and like you say that third um design we we do see a lot of those concepts on the market and you know, some of them are also aiming for the mass beauty market. The price points are relatively low for those tools. But when you're talking about your other two concepts, these battery powered heating and cooling devices, do they have a future for mass beauty? Do you think there's going to be a means to produce those at a, a large scale for every beauty consumer worldwide? I think with regards to heating your face to a particular temperature, the technology is very, very simple. You can get similar technology in, say, those hand warmers or boot warmers that you get to go skiing. And they're, you know, they're kind of in the £20 price point. So that kind of technology is there. Obviously, it's a slightly more difficult shape to put it into something that you are supposed to wear. And that would be suited to a wide variety of users' faces. Right. So the, the way that we approached it was, let's think about that user experience. There are products that exist on the market that do a, a similar thing um one of them is uh, the peter thomas roth mask which i think does a similar thing and it heats and it has um 
LEDs, which promote red, I think red light that promote circulation. Uh, okay. But it's, it's incredibly expensive. And a lot of these are worn over the head. By that, I mean, like there's a strap that goes around over the head. And the, the issues with that are, are kind of thinking about when you might wear this. If you've got a towel on your head, if you've got an afro, um, if you've got hair up, hair down, like how just kind of thinking about that, that ease of user experience. The way that we've approached this is that it actually just you wear it like a pair of sunglasses. So okay. the point was, can we design something that you could just put on your face while you're brushing your teeth for two minutes? And then when you take it off and you wash your face, your, t your face is exactly the right temperature to be applying. I um, mean, you know, your pores are open, you can cleanse and you can apply your serum and, and those products then work like so much better as a result. Interesting. And within that concept, Joe, have you and the team considered how you might be able to tie that into some sort of app um, and personalise it for consumers on an individual basis? Yeah, I think that generally as a team, we tend to we try and keep things as low fi as possible because tech can really kind of get in the way. Um, but I do I see the benefit of it. I mean, there's the there's a, the Foreo product that that vibrates and you know massage you cleanse your skin with it and there's uh, mixed reviews about it because some people are just like it doesn't work I don't have the app and why would I take my phone into the bathroom first thing in the morning when I wash my face I don't want to have to have this connected in order for it to work I don't think it's supposed to be do that I do think it's supposed to work without the app but obviously there's especially over the last year when we've been literally glued to technology and to stay connected trying to kind of move away from things being too connected is something we try and move towards but obviously in terms of this it's a very personal experience you would want some way of being able to tailor it so I do think they're especially based on price point if it was something that that wasn't going to be too complex to develop and therefore push the price of the product up too much then yes it definitely would be integrated. Yeah I suppose that comes back to your reference earlier of um developing tools that can play into a beauty routine to target wellness and for some consumers that is like you say sort of completely disconnecting from the digital world that we are so already very much connected to um, so that's an interesting point actually a beauty tool that can work uh, independently of that yeah absolutely Mm, okay. Now, these three product concepts, you mentioned they're the third one, you know, the massage tool. We've already seen some on the market. That's probably arguably going to be quite quick and easy to bring to market and develop. How far off reality are the other concepts, Joe? It depends, obviously, on kind of a few things because there's, there's some complexity to, to each of, them, of the other two. Um, the mask concept is definitely feasible. Um, it's relying on some very simple electronics. So in theory, that could be you know, that could be produced relatively quickly. The thing I think that's that's holding back um, perhaps the development of tools like this is, to be honest, I mean, um, there's some things on the market that promise a similar results, as in they do a similar thing. They heat and they 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 light up the, the skin. The problem with them is that they look awful. So one of the things that we wanted to really push forwards here was was the aesthetic, trying to make something that doesn't look like some something out of a horror movie and uh, so I think that perhaps there's just a consideration for, for design and aesthetics and perhaps brands that haven't ventured into the industrial design space before that is a big leap bringing yeah. out uh, a, a product such as like a cream or a serum 
you've already got your formulators so it's kind of like okay let's just look at something new in this space and we've already got the packaging that's easy and it's just a marketing kind of innovation in, in that space it's 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 all quite safe obviously entering into industrial design is a big leap um mm. it may be a leap that brands might feel they have to do as the market becomes very saturated and it may be something that um that we see kind of as a crossover between industrial design and structural packaging in that the product itself the packaging of the product is is what becomes the tool for application and actually helps with that process does that make sense yeah definitely so yeah we a packaging of that device or tool that then becomes part of that the routine that yeah yeah Mm, interesting yeah so and and obviously with the patch product that's reliant on slightly more complex tech and there is a there's some work coming out of the university of um, california that is uh, that's on patches that can both heat and cool when electricity is applied is applied and, and so it's not it's not um impossible it's just not uh, likely to happen for the next few years okay and just coming back to your point there about design the need for a slick design is that more of a usability argument joe or do you think that there's an aspect of almost pride and brand equity I'm sort of thinking we've seen so much happening on social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram especially with the beauty hashtags is there an argument um, beyond usability perhaps for actually creating these really gorgeous looking devices and tools? Definitely Um, one of the conversations we were having last year was uh, someone who who came to us asking to design a, a tool for the face that their main intention was this vision of this Instagram kind of image and this campaign that they wanted to run. I think that this is simultaneously what ultimately needs to be considered because that's the way the world works. That's the way that marketing works these days. And also perhaps something that's holding brands back because they're very much focused on that, you know, that one hero image or that uh, campaign, that influencer marketing that you can just kind of envision it now. Um, However, if we're just striving towards that, then it's so easy to forget what's really important. And what's really important is that user experience. I mean, as I said before, like one of the tools that I think I'm always kind of quite in awe of is is something as simple as the Tangle Teaser. And it is not a particularly beautiful object. It's Mm. just so there's no barriers to using it. It's so simple. It just it's like it's compact. It works. It fits nicely in the hand. And it comes in a range of colors and it's low cost. Like It, it ticks yeah. every single box and it's like a no brainer purchase. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously it's striving for that, that vision, that image on Instagram where you've got this like beautiful influencer with this beautiful product on their face that lights up and does all kinds of kind of amazing looking gadgety things. It's going to start pushing that price point up and it's kind of forgetting what really needs to happen. And all of this tech is, is useless by itself. There's nothing really out there that that actually does anything of any use to your skin without a second aspect to it, without that serum, without that cream, without that X. Um, and so it's really about what those how those two things marry up together. I think a really good example perhaps is like um, teeth whitening. In that mm-hmm. you can put the you know the piece of tech in your mouth and it doesn't do anything until you apply the the, the gel and the two things work together. And so I think there's an amazing opportunity for brands. Because you've got the repeat purchase of the gel, if you, if you say you're the teeth whitening brand, yeah. um, uh, and, the t- and then yet the, the piece of product design you can use over and over again. And so, yeah, I think 
it's it's about breaking down those barriers, trying not to be too complicated and trying to fit into people's routines, getting them sold on both the product and the tech that goes with that product. And and just results will come from continual use rather than that. Like this is going to save your life in one week. Um, sure. Marketing campaign. Yeah. And um, as a designer, Joe, I'm interested to hear what you think uh, and where you think these innovations might best come from. Do you think that we're going to see and we should be seeing it come from the beauty brands themselves? Or is there perhaps scope for the tech companies of today to sort of slot in nicely to this space within beauty? I mean, that's a good question. I, I hadn't really thought about the tech kind of companies entering into that space. Obviously, the technology has itself has to come from somewhere, and, and perhaps it's a partnership between the two that that's really what needs to happen. Because there's obviously a lack of knowledge in the beauty, uh, the majority of the beauty brands, about the opportunities within the tech space, and perhaps vice versa. And so, right. there's a collaboration that needs to happen here. Definitely, yeah. And um, what do you think the future of beauty tools should look like, and perhaps? is more likely to look like in let's say three to five years? A lot of the work that we do at Marama is focused on sustainability and I think whilst we've obviously put forward these three concepts whether I think they should all actually enter into the market is another question. I think it depends on the way that that brands put those concepts forwards. As I say if it's all about kind of marketing this quick fix this is going to you know rid your skin of spots in in three days and people are ultimately going to be disappointed as they are with any with any kind of beauty tool that that tries to say that that's what's going to happen and obviously someone goes ahead and buys a product like that and ends up disappointed it ends up in the back of a drawer and it never gets used again and it ends up in landfill at some point so I think I hope that the future is is a little bit more considered particularly with regards to the sustainability and the, the longevity of these types of products but really, I think that the real innovation, the real opportunity is, as I mentioned briefly before, is, is that it's not so much in the tech side of things, but it's in perhaps the way that products, whether it's like makeup or, or serums or creams or, or gels or whatever it is, you know, th- those those beauty products, how the, they're packaged and applied. Coming back to Mike Webster, who, who would, I think had been working on a concept for applying lipstick uh, in, yep. in, a, in a decorative way, like, a, like an inkjet print of your lips. I think something like that is where it's very interesting because you've got a product that's that's reusable and then refillable and whether that's the packaging then ha- obviously is tech um, and, and you kind of refill it. And I think that there's uh, that's where the real exciting and innovation, I think, lies in the future. Yeah, it made me think about your earlier point of combining topical cosmetic products with tools and I've just thought you know we are seeing this mass push towards refillables and durable beauty containers do you think perhaps there might be a future opportunity to use those durable containers of a cream for example as the actual tool itself or is that a bit far-fetched? No absolutely I I think definitely there's, there's something interesting in that in that space and if if nothing else, because it actually reduces the need for that the product, uh, whatever that packaging may be, to to become almost nothing. And if it becomes just a refill, then you're reducing that that plastic waste um, by putting it into the the, the structural 
tool or product that the cream or the serum or the or the lipstick or whatever it is that goes into and uh and I think yeah we're seeing obviously the project that we worked on last year with wild that that's a refillable deodorant and you've got like a nice a nice case and and you refill the with a with a paper wrapped deodorant um you can obviously imagine a world where that case perhaps not for deodorant but makeup for example does more than just hold it you know it it heats it or it cools it or Mm. it um helps you apply it in the correct way or it you know there's more and more innovation kind of happens in with that with regards to that aspect of the product yeah definitely and and in in keeping with that sort of less is more sustainable vision yeah absolutely yeah I mean we have to be considering that no matter what and I think as I say whilst we came up with these concepts for the for these beauty tools I think they have to be done in the right way and it's not just a case of okay let's just bring tech into the beauty space because that's the future I think it has to be done in a really considered way and obviously considering the the needs of the of the consumer as well because we shouldn't be marketing them like these quick fixes that we know don't work I'm not calling any brands that do that but there are products out there. Okay. Uh, well, just to close the discussion then, Joe, what would be your message to beauty manufacturers and brands who are perhaps tentatively interested in the tools and tech space, but not quite uh, ventured into it yet? Uh, have you got any key points that you think that they should think about or perhaps focus on? I think design is the most important consideration in that because it's a crossover between like the industrial design and the user experience and it's it's really about identifying how you can differentiate as a brand from perhaps your competitors by bringing in a piece of tech or a considered piece of design that enhances what you're doing already and so it's definitely something that that should be explored and the beauty industry has been quite slow in adopting products in this way uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And I mean, yeah, as I say, start with start with design and exploring what, what those options could be. And no harm in it, is there? No, certainly sounds like there'll be lots of innovation to come and, and hopefully following a lot of your ideas that you've brought up there today. Well, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us, Joe. No, absolute pleasure, Katie. It's been, it's been lovely to chat. Well, that's all from us at Beauty 4.0, a podcast by Cosmetics Design Europe, bringing you everything you need to know about tech and innovation advances in the field.